Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thursday night, year baby in Wellington. Looking forward to seeing the Gunners. Looking forward to see Guns N' Roses, My Life Band, scrapbook photo album of the last 30 odd years, Hot Water Beach 1988, saw them under the big top, the original lineup is East Stradlin, Duff McKagan, Stephen Adler on drums, none of the circus that goes with it these days, just hard and raw. Right, we're going to talk some motorsport. Mr. Motorsport himself, David Turner, joins us on the program. David, good evening, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I'm a little bit concerned. So you're really a diehard Mettler, are you? No, I'm not a Mettler at all. I just love Guns N' Roses. It's just, I wouldn't just... (laughs) Yeah, see, see, yeah, Uh, yeah. Now, um, you would have... I know you heard my little rant on the Wellington Sevens, and I understand you'd wanted to comment. uh, No, look, I I think I'll I'll stay out of that because it could be political hot fire. So, um, but no, I agree, actually. It's, you know, like... It's the it's the line between entertainment and everything else, isn't it? So uh, I don't I don't know, Mark. It's it's a well well sport it, interesting it, it, scenario. Yeah, look, it's got a bit sport these days, and you'll see it in motorsport, and I think motorsport do it really well. It's got to be entertainment. It can't just be a sporting contest anymore. I mean, there's so That's much right. out there for people to spend their disposable income on. So many more sports now than there were twenty odd years ago. So many more opportunities. Things are a lot more accessible. You've got to be smart. You can't continue to put up barriers. No, you know, like we'll use motorsport as the example. It's it's not necessarily about the cars going round and round and round. It's about all the other stuff that goes around it. And you know, obviously, we talk a lot about you know the five hundred and stuff. But it, the same rules apply here and at home in New Zealand. You know, and two day events that you know get hosted here over particularly our summer season or speedway. You know, as I'm involved with Western Springs, it, it it's about that entertainment factor. Mm. You have to have entertainment plus the sporting code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, now t- yeah, tell us it, because, I mean, you go up every year to the Indy 500, so tell us how that plays out. Or what, you know, if you're going there as a spectator, as a fan, what time do people arrive? Um, what's going on in around the actual track itself? I mean, the Americans know how to do the periphery. They know how to do it well. Well, I think what you've got to remember with the Indy 500 is it's a little bit of an extreme because of the, the number of people. You know, when you're talking... You know, half a million people at a sporting event on a single day. It, it's it's mind numbing. But there's plenty going on. There's there's the snake pit area where there's concerts literally all day inside the race. And I'm sure there are some people that go to the Indy 500 and don't see a single lap of the race because they're at the concerts all day. So you know, there's a, there's a pretty good range of entertainment. Certainly from about two and a half hours out from the race, there's stuff that goes right around the track. So no matter where you're sitting, you're going to see something. Um, yeah, it's part of the show, you know. It is actually part of the show. And that really builds itself up from, you know, middle of the week before, like Carb Day Friday is very much a, a party day. And, and you go there, you know, IndyCar are actually only on the circuit for an hour and a half, you know, and yet it's a whole day event. So there's all this other stuff going on, if you like. Uh, and then Saturday there's the parade downtown. Um, you know, it's the second largest parade in the U.S. outside of Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. 
um, yeah, it, but it's entertainment dollar. That's what it's all about. It's but, but, I'd ima- but I'd imagine with inside the um, with with inside the actual uh, arena speedway, yeah, with inside yeah. the speedway that there are concession stands. That's alcohol being served. That um, yep. and I'd imagine there's probably always the odd person that's going to go and maybe get a little bit obliterated. And I imagine they take pretty tough, you know, take a pretty tough stance on that. But it goes on year in year out. Yeah, well, Indianapolis is a fairly, um, we'll call it fairly straight state, uh, the state of Indiana. Um, but yeah, Friday on, on Carb Day, you get quite a few intoxicated people. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, it is very much a party day. And, you know, don't forget it's early spring there, so the temperatures are getting up. So the alcohol hits the spot pretty quickly. Um, but people, people are pretty respectful of it as well. But this really strange thing, and I've commented on it lots and lots of times, and it's strange that we're even having this conversation tonight, but, you know, Friday, you go to carb day, and you kind of, to put it really crudely, you get hammered that day, if you like. Yep. But then on Sunday, you come back for the race, and you don't get hammered because you're busy watching the race. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird logic that takes place there that, again, is kind of unique to that mm-hmm. event, but... You know, the, 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 there's a, a good police presence, but everyone is still mm. very very respectful, I think you'd say. Mm. And in the days leading up, how accessible are the drivers or how much coverage do the individual drivers get? Do they have their own little sort of setups and do their own sort of, if I can use the word, trade teams? Um, I mean, you know, one thing... There's merchandise for some of the bigger teams. They've certainly got that. IndyCar have a range of merchandise. The series has merchandise, so there's all of that sort of stuff. On race day, again, because of the volume of people... Um, the drivers are not necessarily accessible to the public that easy. There's a driver's parade and everything. Um, but, you know, they, they've all participated in the parade the day before downtown. Every driver yep. is that. It's, it's mandatory. So they've done a lot of public yep. appearances prior to that day. Um, and, you know, there's, there's something like 30-odd giant video screens around the whole speedway. So you, no matter where you are, you're going to see stuff. And there's a, there's a driver introductions period and stuff like that. So... Yeah, you know, you, there's plenty to do, and there's you know there's a vast variety, if you like, of different foods that you can get, and all of that sort of stuff. So you, you know, and, and most of it is, I think, for a sports thing, and you know, I've heard stories about recent events that have happened here in New Zealand, but everything there is very moderately priced. It's not overpriced, and it's not underpriced either. But it's it's mm. fair and reasonable. So I think that encourages you to uh, purchase on site, shall we say. Mm. Uh, look, I have very vivid and very fond memories of going to Speedway in the 1970s, growing up in Mount Albert and watching um, the likes of the Barry Butterworths and the Ted Tracys. And I remember watching Ivan Major. Uh, always remember it as being a really, really good night out. H- how does Speedway do it? Is, is it is it greater than the sum of its parts? Yeah. Well, that's you know that's what we're kind of working on. Part of what I'm doing with Western Springs, apart from doing the television coverage, you know, for the sky and then the, a, a live stream we're, we're trying to create and, it, and it's the wish of the promoter it's, it's exactly what we're talking about now it's about entertainment dollar and one of the phrases that we've used there uh, which we're calling it the Disneyland experience whereby if you come once and you get hooked you'll come back again Absolutely. and it's always been a, a, a Disney thing so you know um, due to the weather and stuff that we've had in Auckland we've only had two of the scheduled four meetings so far but you know, um, the Boxing Day, New Year period, there's a there's a whole host of meetings on. Uh, we ran last Saturday night. So they've, they've gone that much further. It's a very 
family safe venue. There's a lot of, you know, we had kids bouncy castles and a little tiny Ferris wheel and stuff like that for the kids a few weeks ago. Driver accessibility at Western Springs is very good. It's got the largest monster uh, vision screen in the country currently for streaming our, our live stream. So no matter where you're sitting in the crowd, you're going to get that. And we've turned that, part of what I've done for them is I've turned that into a true show. So if you're watching it online, from 5.30 to 10.30, you're getting a show. But equally, if you're at Western Springs, you're getting that same show, plus you can witness mm. and smell it and all the other carry-on mm. that goes with it. So, it, it, again, it's just about raising the bar for the fact that someone's paid some money to come through the turnstiles and you have to give them satisfaction. They're going to come and cheer whoever their driver is that they support or whoever the rugby team is they support, but they need... Mm the take-home factor and that's what we're we're trying to do this summer at western springs it's funny how smells can take you back in time anytime i smell sort of a high octane sort of souped up car it always just takes me back to my childhood always just takes me straight back to western (laughs) springs hey look just changing it up because um i do have limited time but i just really want to touch on shane van gisberg and so it is officially wins his third supercar championship 21 races this year Uh, put that in context for people uh, I think top uh, a driver on the, the top of his game and a team that's on the top of their game as well. And, you know, the Triple Eight team have been that way for quite some time. You put the sum of those two parts together and uh, and it works. Not just to McLaughlin, not taking anything away from SVG. Uh, you know, both those guys have performed extremely well in different teams uh, in supercar in recent years. And, um, yeah, I think when it all clicks together, it just clicks and you have a magic year. And, and that's what Shane's done. He's very talented behind the wheel. You know, we saw him here in New Zealand and in Rally New Zealand and, uh, you know, competing in that. Um, he's probably going to be seen in a sprint car at Western Springs this summer as well. Um, you know, so he, he's, he's one of those drivers that has the ability to drive mm. just about anything that he hops in and drive it really well. He's tried drifting, mm. you know, sports car racing, Daytona. Um, the guy's good, you know, and he, he just it came together this season. And those are those types mm. of season. You know, if we go back to 2008 when Dixon won the Indy 500 and won the championship, that was a dream season. It was an absolute dream season. And I think Van Gisbergen's just had one of those this year as well. Mm. Now, he's in discussions with Triple Eight boss Jamie Winkup about extending his contract. Um, I understood that he's not in any rush to extend or commit beyond next year. He wants to have a look at the Gen 3 car. Can you just explain what the Gen 3 car is and what the concern is? Well, basically, supercar are, are doing an evolution, a bit like what we've seen in Formula 1 this year with new rules and whatnot. So the Gen 3 is their next version of cars. So it's essentially, whether it be, as it will be from next year, a Chevy or a, a Mustang, um, in, in many ways, it's the same car underneath the shell. Uh, and, the, and then the silhouette on top is what gives it the brand difference. Uh, and there's some structural changes within the car, and there's been talks of various performance and whether one brand's going to have parity over the other and, you know, all the normal things that effectively Supercar have had the recipe right with the current spec car, but you've got to change it up because the racing's become a little bit dull, uh, I will say. Uh, so by introducing a new car, you introduce, introduce a whole mm-hmm. bunch of new engineering that currently isn't taking place that can take place within the rules. And uh, I think that's good because suddenly then you could find someone who's maybe in a midfield runner been a, a true contender and you can say that with Formula 1 this year you know we've, we saw Haas score points and yet if we'd had that conversation a year ago I would have said absolutely no way in heck Mark will they score points you know so 
it's good. And I think he, I think Van Gisbergen's just playing his cards to see how on top of the game, you know, Triple Eight are. But then you've also got to think, OK, well, where would his other options be? And I really don't know where there would be any. So it's, it's that time of the year where drivers sign contracts and talk about what the team can do for them. The team talk about what they can do for the driver. And then ultimately they, they agree, but they just take a while to do it. And it's just part of the game. And obviously the value of the contract gets played out in that process as well. So the Generation 3 cars, the, the innovations, the evolutions, is that about aligning though with what they do in the consumer market in terms of the uh, innovations they bring? Like like we see with a lot of Porsche and Ferrari, it's like a lot of it's, you know, yes, it's Formula One, but a lot of that technology then sort of moves into the commercial side of their business. Yeah, a little bit. It's, they're wanting the cars to look a little bit more like what you and me could go and buy on a, on a Monday in the sure. showroom. You know, it's that it's that same thing of the old adage that was around. You know, win on Sunday, buy on Monday, mm. and. Um, they're trying to bring back a, a little bit of that. I don't think that the current spec car was that far off what a, a showroom vehicle looked like, but they want to retain some of that. So naturally, that's going to play with the aerodynamics and handling mm. and everything else. But you know, it's good. You've got to you've got to mix the rules up every now and then, and, uh, and it keeps the teams that are doing really well keeps them honest, and the teams that are maybe midfield runners, it gives them a decent chance. And I think that that's that's the way it should be. Okay, uh, David, just before I do let you go, so what's happening at Western Springs? When's the next major Speedway event that people can go along to? Uh, Boxing Day is the first of the Midget Internationals. Three Americans coming down here at this stage, maybe a fourth. And if the fourth one does get here, he is real hot property. But the three that are coming are great. Uh, There's a female driver, Taylor Rumo, who I actually interviewed a few weeks ago. And she is, she's the real deal. Uh, Justin Grant, uh, very highly rated midget driver, and Ethan Mitchell. Um, these three that are coming, they're all going to be in very well-equipped cars. If we get the fourth one, uh, which hasn't been announced, but the rumour mill is very, very strong, um, Western Springs is going to have the best lineup of American drivers it's probably had in quite a few years, forgetting the COVID issues, I'm saying, in quite a few years. You know, these, these are really good drivers. Boxing Day. Uh, the 1st of January, there's there's some great meetings on, you know, just check the Western Springs website out, you find all that information, mm. but they are going to be um, rocket ship nights and a great way to spend, a, certainly Boxing Day, you know, eat on Saturday, eat on Christmas Day and rest it off on the Ooh, next day. Well, I think I'm doing a show on Boxing Day, so we'll have to uh, line up uh, uh, perhaps a couple of guests for that day then, um, David. Hey, look, lovely to have you on the programme as always, mate, do appreciate you taking the time and joining us and bringing your expertise. No sweat, and I know that you're tight for time, but I'd just like to say, you know, absolutely well done for Marcus Armstrong joining the Ganassi team. We'll talk more about it in the future. Uh, I've got all sorts of info coming to me on that. So oh, well, look, we'll, we'll, look, we'll do something next week on it, David. Yep, no problem at all, Mark. Excellent. Thank you. 11 minutes away from nine, you're listening to SENZ. Telephone numbers 0800 150 is the text. Oh, 0800 150 is the number. You can text us here on double eight double three.